preview episodes, which I still haven't I still haven't watched it. It's funny. I wait all year for the advanced screenings of Better Call Saul. I've had them for close to a week now, and I haven't even opened the email. <laughs> uh, I second that. <laughs> but, well, we got to um, do a preview episode first. I don't want to ruin the preview episode because that's kind of be a necessary thing. Yep, that's true. So and uh, I don't want to do also that. Also, we're crossing our fingers because uh, March 28th, I believe, is the uh, Better Call Saul press junket. And there's a possibility that I might be able to get in on the conference call on that. So we may actually uh, fulfill our dream of having uh, Bob Odenkirk and Jonathan Banks on the show. So we'll have to – we'll keep everybody posted. And, of course, you can find out about that and tons of Better Call Saul stuff over at Goodman. And that's even better because they'll they'll be on the show by proxy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Through an intermediary, if you will. <laughs> exactly. Uh, gentlemen, coming up later in the show is Anthony Melacori from Hotel Impossible. He's a hospitality industry legend, even though he blatantly told me not to call him a legend. He, <laughs> we, uh, it, it was my first solo interview, and it couldn't have been more awkward between uh, all the snafus that we had leading up to it. And then I, at the last minute, download this weird app on my phone, and it keeps beeping every 20 seconds. And uh, it, it, I don't know. But it, it's hilarious. Even if it's shitty, it's hilarious. And we still thank Anthony for coming on the show, and that'll be coming up in just a bit. Dave, uh, you're a big movie guy and a horror movie aficionado, I would say. Yeah, kind of. I've been off the horror movie racket lately, but I did go see a horror movie last night. Right, you saw Get Out. I did. Okay, so Get Out, walk me through the premise of Get Out. And uh, I don't care if you spoil it because um, I'm never probably going to see it. So go. <laughs> well, what about Jeff? Je- Jeff, do you want me to spoil I, it? I don't care. I, I kind of get the concept. You don't, you don't have to spoil. Yeah, just, and I won't plus, spoil. Just like spoil a generous people who are listening. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, the premise. I of joke the movie, really quick. I jokingly say I'm not going to go see it because I have any like uh, any disdain for its premise or whatever the hell it's about. I'm just not a really good let's go see a movie guy. <laughs> so that's probably right. that's probably why. But but apparently by all uh, by all accounts, it's a great film. Yeah, I guess it's got like a 99 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was like, okay, let's go check it out. So it's half price Tuesday. Of course. At yeah. the uh, at the theater we like to go to. So we go, and the cashier's like, uh, yeah, there's like eight seats left, but people keep coming back and getting a refund, so I wouldn't recommend going into the theater. So I was like, sweet. Wait, why are they getting a refund? Like, it was so packed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if okay. they oversold it or what the hell was going on. I so gotcha. the next show was already sold out. So we went over to New Lenox, and we had to sit in the front row. It was the last two seats that were open, so we're like, holy shit, this must be worth it. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, an interracial couple, a black man, white mm-hmm. woman, goes to meet her family at a mansion kind of in the middle of nowhere, and then some strange doings start a transpiring, if you will. Okay, yeah. So, I gathered that from the okay, previews. So, yeah, so basically all the black people are acting weird, and he has to figure <laughs> out why. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't call it a horror movie. I would call it more of a thriller Okay. Maybe a psychological thriller. 
And, you know, uh, it's but it's so well done. It's it's directed well. The acting is great. The writing is pretty creative. It's pretty damn good. See, uh, folks keep uh, chatting about this movie, and it's and it's interesting that you said it has a ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes because um, I I feel like if a movie's ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I feel like the one bad review has to be just some asshole trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah, or you, you, know just, what I mean? you don't please everybody. I mean, nobody is nothing is universally liked. Right, but on Rotten Tomato, on Rotten Tomatoes, isn't like a bad score under seventy five. So, so everybody's giving. Yeah. It. No, it's like even <laughs> less than that. It's like seventy. So it's like if if pretty much a movie has to be a D or below, <laughs> not to be in positive territory, right? Yeah, so if you have a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes and you have like sixty something reviews where everybody gives it at least a C or above, and you're the one credible critic who gives it a D plus or below, I feel like you are obviously going out of your way to be contradictory or trying to like get more views of your reviews so people can figure out what the hell you're talking about. Wouldn't and doubt this it. Is coming from somebody I'm sure. who, and I'm contrarian as fuck a lot of times. Cause a lot of times in my head, like if a bunch of people start jumping on something, I, it, to me, it automatically registers as stupid or overblown. Yeah. It, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's how I find out news, right? Like I don't believe uh, Donald Trump has anything <laughs> bad with Russia just for the fact that people on Facebook won't shut the fuck up about it. So therefore, it's probably overblown and bullshit. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, like some of the other things he's done, where you hear very little peeps about it, like th- there's probably credence there, just because there isn't like a gaggle of idiots trying to be like a group of loud idiots. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But As with, that's the conspiracy do. theory, though, Brian, is that he puts out things that people will freak out about, so that way he mm-hmm. can underhandedly pass things and do other things that people aren't paying attention to because they're too busy freaking out about things <laughs> ah, that aren't the old, real things. We call mm. that a Kansas City shuffle. Yeah, or a <laughs> Cleveland <laughs> steam. Mm-hmm, indeed. That's okay, a movie reference, fair point. you fuckers. But, but I feel like I, I, I read virtually zero movie news. I, I, mm-hmm. I watch like two movies a year, if that, and I've heard nothing but awesome things about this movie, and then somehow it hits 99%. I don't know. Something about that, just, it just seems to me that one person just wanted to make a name for themselves and yeah. be the guy who doesn't like Get Up. He didn't like, he didn't like it five-star like, like it. He liked right. it four and a half, <laughs> right. 4.75-star like. Well, I do, I do wonder if expectations has something to do with it because it's Jordan Peele. I mean, he's known for being a sketch comedy writer and actor, and then he puts out this serious, you know, thriller. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I didn't really expect, the, you know, what came out, but it's like, holy shit, this is legit. Like, it, it is legit. You know, and that's awesome because that makes it all more, all the more impressive, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like he's totally he broke, out of his known element. Right. He broke the mold and uh, he broke the mold and knocked it out of the park. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to more movies from the guy. Yeah, you know, and we have a we we know somebody who knows somebody, so maybe sometime we can have them on the show. That's not a promise, but who knows? Maybe sometime we can have them on the Sounds show. Sounds like you're getting people's hopes up. <laughs> the whole the whole scores thing, um, it, like just coming from my world, uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild just came mm-hmm. out, and previous to this, for the past twenty years. The best game of all time has pretty much universally been agreed upon that it's, it was 
The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on Nintendo 64. Well, that or Super Metroid Nobody's on ever... Super Nintendo. Uh, or Super Metroid on Super Talking Nintendo. Talking about Super Bowl for Nintendo, shut up. <laughs> well, either way, everybody was like, there's no way anybody's going to ever beat the scores of The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. right? Metacritic is a website. It uh, coalesces all the scores into one numeric value. Uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, uh, best ever, wank, 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 right? No way <laughs> did anybody think Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was uh, going to do that, right? Suddenly, reviews start coming out, and Breath of the Wild looks like it's going to knock the other Legend of Zelda game from 1998 off its pedestal, except for like a week into reviews being out, there is one guy <laughs> who had to give it like a bad score. Of course. And totally knock it, off, knock it out of contention for the best ever game, which it doesn't matter because it, it's still awesome. I have it, and it's it's amazing, amazing game. But... um. I feel like, yeah, I feel like even that guy was, you know, I'm going to get a little extra attention and I'm going to be the one guy that's the contrarian and give it a lower score just so people pay attention to me. And that's or Sorry. I was say, or he just loves Ocarina of Time. Uh He doesn't want it to get knocked out of his place. That's what I was thinking. So he's using his influence to take it down a peg or two because he's a dick. And that's what I meant when I said nerd shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> See? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, total dick move. Because, like, uh, going going back to Get Out, it, it's not like it was it, – it's not like everybody kind of liked it and then there was one guy who just didn't like it as much as the others. It's everybody thinks this is a, a super great, amazing film, and then one guy arbitrarily takes a piss on it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like that's a lot different. If there was a bunch of people just on the better side of average camp, and then there was one asshole that'd be like, "What are you guys talking about? It's not as good as as you think." Like that's more legitimate than everybody being like, "Wow, this film deserves high praise." And then some assholes like, "Well, you know what? I really didn't like it, so you're going to get like a 69 on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> or whatever." Like, <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like that's just a guy being an asshole, right? Well, assholes yeah. exist. Yeah, I'm one of them. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get there. Yeah. Trying to be an asshole? You're working on being an asshole? Yeah. <laughs> we actually easier than uh, think, we sang that at open mic night on uh, Monday night. We sang asshole. It was awesome. Very nice. It'd been a while. I haven't done it since the old band days. We used to play that show. Of, That's uh, all. Dennis. All right. Well, speaking of, of uh, the band days, Dave and I, about a month and a half ago, Jeff. Yes. Uh, we got together at the studio and uh, we recorded a nice uh, cover of Sit Still, Look Pretty. <laughs> Ooh, very nice. By Daya? Is that her name? Yeah, Daya? by Naya, yeah. And uh, it, it was fun because it was just like the old days. Like uh, at, at uh, Dave's studio, they have a vocal booth. Uh, they have a vocal booth, but it's out of view of the control room. It's off into the corner. Right. And it made me so happy because we were, we were going through different takes of singing it. And uh, out of nowhere, Dave goes, you know, I'm just kind of in here chuckling because I can't see you, but I know you're dancing around like an idiot while <laughs> singing this song. And I started chuckling because that's very true. <laughs> like I'm in this little booth in the corner of a studio, like just dancing around like a knucklehead singing, sit still, look pretty. Yes, but uh, Dave, that was a great time. It was just like the old days, man. Yeah, it was fun. And you got to meet my lady friend. Absolutely, absolutely. It was great times. So, she came everybody down from out Canada? there listening, 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she took a break from her modeling career in Canada, <laughs> and um, she found somebody to cover her congressional spot that she uh, oh, does for oh, a nice. part-time job. And uh, yeah, I came Very down to cool. visit with Brian. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, everybody out there listening, please stay tuned for uh, that time of the month where Dave and I sing Sit Still, Look Pretty, and afterwards, our interview with Anthony Malacori from Travel Channel's Hotel Impossible. Strap on your tampon. It's that time of the month on the Nothing Important Podcast. No, I don't want to sit still, look pretty. Huh? Could dress up. To get love, but guess what? I'm never gonna be that girl who's living in a Barbie world. Could wake up with makeup and play dumb, pretending that I need a boy who's gonna treat me like a toy. I know the other girlies wanna wear expensive things like diamond rings, but I don't wanna be the puppet that you're playing on a string. This queen don't need a king. I don't know what you've been told, but this gal right here's gonna rule the world. Yeah, that is where I'm gonna be, because I wanna be. No, I don't wanna sit still, look pretty. You get off on your 9 to 5 dream of picket fences and trophy wives. But no, I'm never gonna be, because I don't wanna be. No, I don't wanna sit still, look pretty. Mr. Right could be nice for one night, but then he wanna take control. And I would rather fly solo. There's no white, she did right in her life And seven men to do the chores Cause that's not what a lady's for The only thing a boy's gonna give a girl for free Captivity And I might love me some vanilla But I'm not the sugar sweet Call me HBIC I don't know what you've been told But this gal right here's gonna rule the world Yeah, that is where I'm gonna be because I wanna be, no, I don't wanna sit still, look pretty. You get off on your 9 to 5 dream, no picket fences and trophy wives, but no, I'm never gonna be. Cause I don't wanna be, no, I don't wanna sit still, look pretty. Sure, I'm a pretty girl, I've been in a pretty world, but they say pretty hurts, and I don't wanna sit still. I'm a pretty girl, I've been in a pretty world, but no, I won't sit still, look pretty. Sure, I'm a pretty girl, I've been in a pretty world, but they say pretty hurts, and I don't Sit still, I'm a pretty girl, up in a pretty world, but no, I won't sit still, look pretty. I don't know what you've been told, but this gal right here's gonna rule the world. Yeah, that is where I'm gonna be, because I wanna be. No, I don't wanna sit still, look pretty. You get off on your 9 to 5 dream, okay, defenses and trophy wise, but no, I'm never gonna be, cause I don't wanna be. No, I don't wanna sit still, look pretty. I don't know what you've been told, but this gal right here's gonna rule the world. Yeah, that is where I'm gonna be, because I wanna be. No, I don't wanna sit still, look pretty. You get off on your 9 to 5 dream of picking fences and trophy wives, but no, I'm never gonna be, cause I don't wanna be. No, I don't wanna sit still, look pretty. Sit still, look pretty. Sit still, look pretty. Sit still, look pretty. Sit still, look pretty.
You're listening to Nothing Important. Hi, Anthony. This is Brian. How are you doing today? Hey, Brian. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on our uh, podcast. We're honored to have you. And today you are my first solo interview due to a technical snafu. So I hope I don't embarrass myself too bad. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, first off, I just wanted to let you know that I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours and I've actually been trying to uh, contact you for a little while to be, to be on, uh, on our show. Uh, I myself am a hotel manager of, uh, 10 years. And I, I gotta tell you, a uh, hotel impossible really, uh, speaks to me. And it's great to see somebody giving an accurate portrayal of what it's like to be a hotel manager. Well, um, you know what? I, um, I can only be myself. And the, the good thing about this show, uh, I created it with a couple of people that are very close to me. And, uh, it is that's my personality. So if you if you like that guy you see on TV, you'll probably like me in person because you know uh, I am who I am. And when I'm happy, I'm happy. When I cry, I cry. When I'm pissed off, I'm pissed off. <laughs> you did a couple episodes in Daytona Beach, and at one point, I actually ran a couple hotels in Daytona Beach. You did the Dream Inn and the Streamline Hotel, and I don't know if you have been there. Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, the Streamline, I'm actually working on. It's the only hotel I've ever worked on uh, off the show privately. The owner reached out to me, spent about millions of dollars on the hotel, mm-hmm. and he asked me if I would come in and work with him. So I'm actually working with him in my RJ hospitality company. And um, yesterday, uh, I talked to, I have a general manager from my company uh, opening the hotel. It's going to be opening May 1st. And uh, it's the first time I've actually taken over hotel from the show. I've usually made it a, uh, my signature not to get involved in, um, in other, uh, in, in the show hotels, but this gentleman, uh, Eddie, um, put a lot of money into it and, um, wanted me to be involved. So we made a deal and I'm involved in the hotel. Yeah. And it's a, it's an absolutely wonderful location down there too on a one a, a lot of stuff going down there. And, uh, speaking as somebody who lived in Daytona and ran hotels in Daytona for years, you know, I hope, I hope that kind of helps spark a little bit of the revitalization they have going on for a few years there. It was just empty storefronts. I and- think the money, I think, I think, uh, uh, NASCAR put a million dollars into, or Daytona Speedway put a million, a billion dollars into the track and they made it more of an entertainment center than they have a, a racetrack. So, uh, and also I believe the Western hotel is going to open there. Uh, uh, the bash, the bash shop just opened the biggest bash shop in the world there. So um, I think it's gonna, and I think the streamline, which is, you know, it's where Bill um, France Senior created NASCAR on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have mm-hmm. the first rooftop on the ocean in Daytona, and uh, I've got some pretty powerful people involved, so I'm excited. Well, that's wonderful. The next, you know, I currently live in Chicago, but the but every time we head down there, we go down there about once or twice a year just to, you know, check it out because Daytona is pretty unique. You can drive on the beach; it's a neat little beachside town. And you know, we, we what, always, what hotel? What hotel do you, what hotel do you run now? Uh, well, now currently I run office space in uh, downtown Chicago, so I, I'm no longer in the hospitality business. I had to take some time off to raise our to raise our family a bit, but. Um, but uh, now I run office space downtown Chicago, but I had a wonderful time uh, running hotels when I did that. Got it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it's funny because my, my friends, they always think of 
running a hotel as this romantic as this romantic job. <laughs> like it's just something you kind of just tell the staff what to do. The housekeeping team does the housekeeping and then you just kind of sit back, relax and get your, uh, you know, I, I think everyone romanticizes other people's jobs, mm-hmm. whether it be a policeman, a military person, whether it be a supermodel, whether it be a hotel guy. I think most jobs, um, that have a little sex appeal to it. People romanticize it and they don't call it work, uh, for nothing. Uh, right. and, and, you know, and they, you know, show business, you know, I'm not in show business, although some people think I am, but I know a lot of people in show business and, uh, they, um, it's called, it's a business for a reason. Um, baseball player, you know, they, they, they're on the, they're on the, yeah, they make a lot of money, but they're on the road, 162 games a year, uh, away from their families and their wives are, are raising their children. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything looks uh, glamorous until until you you know you square up and take it on. Right, right. You know, and the uh, some of the things that you see on the show hit so close to home, like the uh, the bed bugs or uh, how you kind of become property blind. Like if you've been at a property for too long, you might dismiss a crack the first few times. Next thing you know, a few years later, that crack is now <laughs> developed into a chasm in half you your know, apartment. I, 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 never, yeah, I, never, I never understood that saying, uh, property blind. Uh, I've run hotels for years, and I see everything. I just um, <laughs> If you're property blind, it's because you're lazy, and it's because you're not paying attention, and because you don't give a shit. So if you're property blind, it's just because you don't care. Uh, I, I can't walk over anything. I can't, I see everything. Uh, my computer's on, you know, a hundred miles an hour all the time when I'm in a hotel. One of the reasons I never lived in a hotel is because, you know, I can't be, you know, I, I can't allow my brain to engage 24 <laughs> seven like that. You need, you need to rest. So, but yeah, property blind, just laziness. Yeah. How, um, how do you think that, uh, or how do you, how does, uh, being, you know, you you are who you are. You're a legend in the hospitality industry. Does that affect you when you travel? Because obviously, I'm a small time nobody. But when me and my wife stay at hotels, I'm always picking the room apart and pointing out weird little stains or well, or hairs in the well, sink. I think, I, I, well, you know, well um, I'm just a hotel guy. So a legend. Uh, I don't know about that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a hotel guy. Uh, and uh, you know, um, the uh, no, um, no. Actually, I'm probably a little bit more. Um, no, I'm a very respectful guest. Um, if you're doing a good job and you're making a mistake and you're trying to be fair and, and, and correct your mm-hmm. mistake, I'm good. Uh, if I come into a room and, uh, well, first of all, it's really difficult for me to pick a bad hotel. It just is. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I just don't really have time. I, I always say life's too short for bad hotel stays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just, I just don't have, I just, I just pick good hotels. So I know where I'm going, and it doesn't have to be a five-star. I go online, and I look. and uh, But if there is a hiccup, I just let people know this is, you know, I need this fixed. Fix it, please. Thank you. And if it's not fixed, um, I get it fixed. Oh, um, it gets fixed. I mean, I just <laughs> will go down there, and, and, and I will go down there until it's fixed. And, uh, but I'm a, I'm a pretty easy guest, uh, to be honest with you. I don't think there's any one story in uh, the million miles I've flown and, and, and the four or five hundred hotels I've been in in the last six years, one story of me being an asshole guest. So I think uh, I think I'm a pretty good guest. Now, but, but I expect I have high standards. So I just make sure that I go to hotels that I know will meet or exceed my standards. 
Right. You want you want the basics taken care of, and you want you know the the value that you were promised when you checked in. Absolutely. Listen, I got, I I went to I've probably been to seventy, no, probably more, probably over a hundred Holiday Inn Expresses. Mm. I've never had a problem. Never once, not once, mm. had a problem, and that's almost right. To take the hotel guy who's known for being you know a perfectionist and putting you on the road and and and, and, uh, and staying in a hundred of your hotels, and I can honestly say I never remember one problem. That's exceptional. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's and pretty. And it's a three-star hotel. It's a three-star hotel. It's not fancy. But I've never not had hot water. I've never had uh, an uncomfortable bed. I've never had a bathroom that was dirty. Uh, I never, I, honestly, I don't even think I ever had a key that wasn't working. I mean, mm-hmm. I've just, it's just been, you know, so, now, it's the first, second, or third time I went, those things happened. I wouldn't go back. My second choice, which is not Holiday Inn Express, I won't tell you the name of the company, because they're hit and miss. They're, I'd say, 92% good. When I'm traveling, 92% doesn't work. I need 100%. <laughs> and I think most I think most business travelers feel the same way. Yeah. I, you know, absolutely. That's that's 100% truth. One, one of the things, too, about being in the industry that always cracked me up, my, my friends and family always come to me and say, Brian, what's the best way uh, to get an upgrade? Like, can I tell them that uh, I'm on my anniversary? And I'm always just like, dude, just ask. Most of the time, a good hotel staff will do whatever they can to give you whatever perks are reasonable. I, I say that probably 10 times a day on all the different interviews. I can't say it enough. It's, you know, we, we, we forgot about something. What we forgot about is um, most people are nice, um, and most people want to do the right thing. And all you have to do is, like, my daughter wants to be an actress. She's going to, um, hopefully, a really good theater school. She's auditioning now. And I said, dude, all you got to do is push. You got to push. You got to ask. Mm-hmm. So I push. I, I'm respectful, but I, I ask for what I want. And if you ask for what you want, you usually get it. Yeah, exactly. That, I say that to people all the time. I'm like, don't come up with some dumbass story because chances are the hotel staff and team have probably heard that a million times before. Just if you want the bigger room, just ask for the, for the, the bigger room upon check-in. Or if you want a late checkout, just ask for a late checkout. And most of the time, if it's reasonable and they can do it, they will absolutely accommodate you. Well, what I try to tell people is, most people go in the hospitality business because they like people. And that's not the reason to go in the hospitality business, but most people in the hospitality business like people. You know, I remember mm-hmm. talking about Daytona. I remember that one show I did, um, not the stream line, the other hotel, the Dream, the Dream Inn, mm-hmm. and uh, the front desk gave the, the owner who runs the front desk. Uh, I said, why, you know, you know, do you like working the front desk? He goes, no, I don't like people. I think, well, <laughs> then you shouldn't be at the front desk. Right. <laughs> right. Listen, most people, most people make their own stress. Most people make their own problems. Um, you know, I've been on the road. I've traveled a lot. You know, doing the show. There's, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by it. Um, but it's a lot of work. And um, you know, and I just try to have a good attitude about it because if I let the stress of it and the travel of it and the work of it get to me, then I just become a miserable person. It depends on how you look at life, right? So when you look mm-hmm. at a hotel. If you're trying to get the cheapest room in Daytona, and then you get there and you're complaining, you know, then you're just a person that always makes their own mess. Because <laughs> if you're going to the worst hotel in Daytona, 
and then you complain about it, you know, listen, I know a lot of people that are on budgets and that really can't afford it and they go to the cheapest hotel they can find, but they shut up and they take it. They mm-hmm. just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I had $26 to spend on a Thursday night or a Friday night in Daytona and I found a $26 hotel room, I'd probably put on my plastic suit, roll up in the ball in the corner, go to sleep, get up and leave. That's it. <laughs> you know, you... You know, so so uh, most people, whether it be guests or employees or owners, they make their own stress, their own problems, and they're 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 um, you know. And I don't really have a high tolerance for uh, people that make excuses. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I I agree one hundred percent. Hotel Impossible is uh, picked up for a seventh season. It's going into the seventh season. Are you currently eighth, filming? Eighth, 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 eighth. eighth, 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 eighth. <laughs> eighth season are you are you currently filming are you wrapping up or are you getting ready to go uh, we just finished wrapping um our eighth season and now we're off to europe in march to shoot some specials uh but that's awesome uh anthony it's been an absolute honor to uh chat with you everybody please make sure to uh check out the travel channel check out hotel impossible it's a great show if you travel if you don't travel if you're in the business please check it out uh, and see what it's like to, uh, you know, be in the thick of running these hotels. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the Nothing Important Podcast. It's been an absolute honor. My pleasure. My honor. Thank you very much. Thanks for asking me. Thank you, Anthony Melchior, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.